Hey everybody, welcome back to another emergency podcast. Uh, this will be Flyers Therapy Session 3, actually. Had to double check myself there. Uh, our buddy Angry Jim actually is in the hospital. Uh, should be alright, nothing serious. I mean, anytime you're in the hospital, I guess it's serious. But um, he didn't have any kind of car accident or anything like that. So let's just... Uh, Give him our best wishes, a few prayers here and there, and let's make sure he's good to go before the season. Uh, So to jump right into it, there's a lot to talk about. Speaking of being ready for the season, the number one thing outside of all this Flyers preseason camp battles and players who actually want to make the team and consider it a a privilege to even be considered, what in the hell is going on with Nolan Patrick right now? I mean, this is just odd. And this is coming on the heels of, uh, and I'm going to get into this, but Andrew Luck retiring from the NFL at age 29. Dustin Bufflin with two years left on his deal at a hefty amount, I believe around $7 million, uh, suddenly retiring as well. Or we'll see, but that's the idea. He's considering it. Uh, and now Patrick comes in, and we all assume it's got to be something with his head. Uh, Pitlick gets hurt in off-season workouts. We are told he did it working out. It's his wrist. He's getting surgery. He should be ready, I don't know what, second, third game of the season, whatever. Patrick gets hurt. Mum is the word. Okay, if that's not odd, I don't know what is, but we all we all get that. Um, reporter asked Fletcher, does it require surgery? Fletcher said, no, not at this time. This was brought up on other podcasts, such as Broad Street Hockey. Um, So unless it's LASIK eye surgery, as they said, it's probably not a concussion. I don't know if they're covering for him in some weird way. Uh, We've reached out. We don't have the best sources, you know, because we're just guys like you guys. Um, But, we know, some people. uh, I, I had heard through the grapevine that somebody believed that it wasn't an injury. That it was all in his head. That he was sorting things out, if you will. Do not quote me on that. This is all speculation because that's all we can do at this point. And that's because the team has given us no reason to do otherwise. Um, They've given us... Mum is the word. As I was planning on getting into later uh, with a few words from uh, Fletcher on the offseason when... uh, Or, I'm sorry, the preseason. When asked about Nolan Patrick... He had basically said, is there an update on his injury? His response was, not today. But then again asked, does this alter your plans going into the season? He said no. So I don't know if that's just to cover, cross your fingers, hope he comes back, or what. The whole thing is really odd and rather annoying considering he's the number two overall pick of the draft. Most number two overall picks of the draft have produced more than Patrick has at this time. Um, that being said, he has shown flashes of brilliance. Like it's there. We've, we've seen it. Uh, he's taken over shifts and it's just been like, what did he just do? Like I was at a game when they played the Boston Bruins who went to game seven of the cup and he like, he just had a few shifts where he just took over, you know, like he just... It's like you you almost felt like this is it. This is it. He it was so talented and good that it, you immediately felt like okay, this is it. Here we go. However, 
he has been unable to sustain that. And I felt, and I thought that he, I feel the team and everybody else felt, and even Nolan Patrick felt, being bumped down to the third line to, to help him out and produce his uh, up his production would be a good thing. Mysterious injury, no update, no information at all. You know, it's got you thinking, is he nervous that he won't produce and therefore he'll be showered in booze by the Philadelphia fan base? I don't think that's that crazy to be overwhelmed considering he just turned 21. Um, maybe, I, I don't, I just, he could just be a young guy working shit out. He could legitimately be injured, but why wouldn't they just tell us that? Like, what is one honest reason why they wouldn't just tell us that? Uh, I don't want to speak for him, but uh, our good friend Angry Jim had mentioned to me that he knew a guy who knew a source who uh, who said that the team doctor said he was healthy, but he himself saying he's not. That's a little strange. Most guys can't wait to get back. Most guys are saying, hey, Doc, am I good? Or, hey, Doc, can you sign this waiver so I can go play? And this is the exact opposite. And if I, I, I understand it more with an older player, especially if it was a head injury. This is neither, supposedly. So this is very concerning. He was, he's a big plan of not just this year, but the future of this team. So when those Line A rumors came up, of all the rumors this offseason, out of maybe P.K. Saban, I, I'm interested. He's a Winnipeg kid. So let's, let's just play devil's advocate. Let's say that they're, they're keeping it on the hush-hush, that he's got some kind of mental anguish going on and he can't figure his shit out. If they keep it hush-hush enough where they can shop him and get it over on teams, do you make that move for Line? Maybe him and a defenseman? Not Sandheim, not doing that, but... I don't know, Ghost, as much as I like that contract, and maybe even a pick because I know they're having issues with Line A. But if I got to pay somebody for having a breakout year, you know, Line A's proven it. He's he, Listen, he's got his issues. We've talked about this on previous podcasts. Uh, he seems disinterested at times, but put him on the left or, or even right wing with Giroux and Coots and just watch the magic. Like, my God. You know, power play, oh, we have not had a pure sniper, and we didn't take Cole Caulfield, who is looking pretty good right now. Uh, it just makes too much sense. And number two overall pick for number two overall pick. I don't really care that we send other pieces along because we have one hell of a farm system. And when we talk about the preseason, we'll get into that. And we don't really need any future picks because, you know, we can, we can afford to trade a first and a second, and what have you, and just skip a draft year of, of top-tier talent. I fully believe that based on the, the prospect pool that we have. And we've talked to, you know, Alexander Appleyard and Brandon Holmes of Dauber Hockey, and, you know, they all we're all in agreement. We got – Hextall, say what you will. We have a great prospect pool. So with that being said, would you entertain that – that deal. I don't think it'll happen. I haven't heard anything about Philly and Winnipeg. I've heard Winnipeg talking to Edmonton, Buffalo, the Islanders, Carolina a little bit. I can't see them paying a guy like Line A. Although they did move Falk today, so we'll talk about that later. Um, even Anaheim. But like when you match up team needs, 
Winnipeg just lost their entire right side of their defense. Bufflin's might retire. I won't say probably, although I think he probably will retire, but I really don't know. I'm just speculating. They let Myers, Tyler Myers go, which is probably a good move, although they probably wish they had him now at a reasonable price. Uh, and Truba has wanted out of there for a while, and he's in New York now. That is the entire right side of their defense. So they could really use a defenseman. What do the Flyers have? A uh, plethora of defensemen. That, along with a franchise young former number over, number two overall pick in Nolan Patrick, who is from Winnipeg. If he's had, having any mental issues, the best place to send him would be his hometown. Like, some of this shit just lines up. Uh, I don't know what Cheryl Dayoff is thinking in Winnipeg. I don't know what Fletcher is thinking. I don't know what the actual issue is. I'm speculating if a deal is to be made, these guys can't, these two franchises can't match up more than what I just laid out for you. It makes way too much sense. However, there's a lot of reluctancy on both sides. Yes, Winnipeg is having their issues. Like I said, they lost their entire right side of their D. Do they also want to lose their former number two overall pick, possible generational scorer? He is good. Say what you will. He is good. His knocks don't come from producing offense. It comes from laziness and disinterest. I mean, sometimes you grow out of that. I can't speak for everybody, but those guys definitely don't grow on trees. And with some of the players they already have in place, do you really want to let a guy like that go? I don't know. How tough are the negotiations? How bad are the contracts you have coming up? You know, they got a decent deal on Josh Morrissey. And uh, they still got to get Connor signed. I'm sure they have some other guys and other guys in the future, and they got to replace the guys on defense. But he's asking for a whole lot of money, and he kind of gave him an ultimatum about how much he wants or he wants out. So we'll see. Uh, either way, this whole saga with Nolan Patrick not only annoys me, and I'm sure it annoys you, uh, but I really hope that he just returns casually to practice. At this point, I don't care if he misses two or three games to start the season. Because I, I just, deep down, I just really feel like he's really not as hurt as he's making it sound, if at all. Um, but he needs to be our third-line center. But if he's not, well, let's get into the Flyers preseason so far. So I'll just run down some quick notes. Nothing really crazy. So first things first, the good. Actually, despite their record, I've seen a lot of good, at least in my mind. <laughs> a lot of these players aren't NHL regulars. I think that's the thing. So first things first, Torinsky. Carson Torinsky has been, by the way, friend of the podcast, has been awesome. I mean, he just looks like a guy who wants to make the team. I mean, he's played two games. Or I'm sorry, excuse me. He's played all four games. He's got two goals, no assists for two points. But if you throw in how hard he's played and the, him throwing his body around, it just looks like how bad he wants it. Wow. You did, I mean, I know a lot of people are upset that Alb Kubel got sent down today. But if it was between Torinsky and Alb Kubel, I don't care that Alb Kubel is a better player or, a offensive, or been around longer and a better offensive player, supposedly. Torinsky's my guy. And... The more so because the role that we're looking for, for him, for in, in this regard, would be a fourth-line player. Al Kubel needs to play on the third line. You're going to 
pick. So Ob Kubel, it's not Ob Kubel versus Torinsky as much as is Ob Kubel, Ob Kubel versus Frost or Farabee. I think that's where the problem is. A lot of people want to say, well, it should have been him. It should have been this guy. We don't know if Frost got hurt. We don't know. There's a whole lot of shit going on. I think the reason Ob Kubel got sent down is if you're evaluating your third line right wing role, he's third on your list. I think they bump Frost over to right wing before they, or even at this point, make him the center, put Lawton on the fourth line center for, in the meantime, in the meantime, considering what's going on with Nolan Patrick. Or, you know, Farabee is your third line right winger. Like, I think they're, or they manipulated, so the, one of those two are the right wingers. So his competition level for the, it's either for the third line or the fourth line. He's more of a third line guy. He's got to be on Frost Farabee. That's not happening. So he's got to go to the fourth line. Torinsky is a more of a fourth line guy than he is. And he's had a better, I think he's had a better preseason. As good as Alb Kubel's been, Torinsky's been better. And he's doing it at a younger age. And I mean, it was close, but I think that's why he got sent down. Not to mention what Fletcher has said that he doesn't necessarily like the idea of cuts or final cuts. This is just the lineup they're going to go with to start the season, but it'll be interchangeable going forward. The only problem with that is, could Alb Kubel be sent down and claimed by another team? If I'm another team, any of those other teams, I put a claim in. I mean, it's a free asset. Why wouldn't you? That could be a problem. Certain players have snuck through and it's been okay, but then you have your Martell, who is picked up by Tampa, plays nine games in the, in the NHL, and then he, you don't see him again. So who really knows? I don't think it's that big of a deal. I think we have so many prospects that they're all starting to play well because Hextall Drift is so well, and they're just forcing their way onto the roster. So the good, Torinsky, Av Kubel. It is what it is at this point. Another good, another friend of the show as well, Bonneman, great kid. Awesome interview, lighthearted. He had a, I would call it a lucky goal, but it was also a hardworking goal the other night. And he, right now, I believe, if you had to make a tough decision, I think he's your fourth line center to start the season. So I'll take that. I, I want to see as many young kids as possible. And I, yeah, it could be another Verbiev situation, who, which I'm, I don't think he'll really be around anymore. There's too many other better players that need to play. Uh, I think Verbiev is either destined to find another team or be a AHL guy for now. Uh, he just, you know, after last season, how great his camp was, great first two games, and it just fell up a map. I thought he was done then. Gets called back up and is just lackluster. And then to quote Vigneault, uh, where, where was it? I got it right here. Hang on. He had good moments. It's funny that you say that because he is the definition of inconsistent, and that's essentially saying the same thing. He had some good moments, but, yeah, well, that but is why he shouldn't be on the Flyers. And it's not just that. It's just there's other better players. So... Uh, some of the other good, uh, Rupstoff. Uh, Rupstoff was good. Uh, fortunately, he was good for the first half of the preseason, not so much of the second. And when you consider, yeah, he was more of a fourth-line role, at least in my opinion. And I think his 
Well, how many games did he play? He played four games and had zero points. That's fourth-line stats. Like, yeah, could he produce? Of course. But if you want to get him on the team this year, you sh- I think you put him on the fourth line. I think he can do it. It's, you know, well, you don't want Frost or Farabee on your fourth line because it's more of a disservice. Rubstoff, I think, could have hung, especially when everything he did to make the team was more of the fourth-line player type. Um Unfortunately, I think he just got outplayed by other guys. And Bonamin and Torinsky are those two guys. Much like the Ob Kubel rationalization, I think that's why. Although in Rupstoff's defense, I think it is better for him to go play for the AH, uh, for the Phantoms. And we'll see him maybe later this year, if not next year. Um, and that's not a bad thing. Uh, Ob Kubel's a little different because he's looking at being on a different team or being in the AHL for quite a while. Um, I'd be surprised if that were the case. So I think another team will take a shot on them. Kevin Hayes, new recent addition, big pricey tag on him. Uh, I, I didn't like the penalty he took last game. Uh, I didn't like he's had a lot of breakaways. I think he's had like two or three breakaways or two-on-ones. Didn't convert. However, he still had a good preseason. He only played three games. He had a goal and an assist. I like that his goal was a nice deflection against his old team. Um, I think he's played well. I think the real thing that better than his goal or any of his points was his penalty kill play. I love having him out there. It makes a big him and Mike Yao have made a big difference in my opinion. Um, yeah, personnel change helps, but so does the system change. And as Kyle, our good buddy Kyle, pointed out. Flyers have switched from the box to the diamond, and it shows. I never understood the box, to be honest with you, but the system change keeps guys fresher, and I do believe it benefits the personnel we have. Some of the the goaltending certainly helps. I'm really just talking about Carter Hart when I say that, but Hayes does look good. He's had at least one, maybe two breakaways or multiple scoring chances on the penalty kill. Like, I, last time I remember that was maybe a young Drew or a Mike Richards. Other than that, it's been like, let's see how long we can survive on this barrage of shots. Uh, and that's that's Lappy versus a real coach for you. As much as we all love the guy, it is what it is. Um, so that, you know, it's definitely a plus. Um, another good, I would say, we'll say Frost and Farabee have looked like they belonged I'm not as gung-ho as some people because I think the people who really want them to see make the team kind of negate um, some of their mistakes. I mean, listen, Frost played three games, Farabee two. Or it might be vice versa because I think Frost was hurt. It is vice versa, excuse me. But they had no points, no goals, no assists. Frost had two or three posts. I think Farabee may have the same. They're a little bit snake-bitten, which is a shame. But it's, that's, it is what it is, and you hope that they can produce, but at the same time, Flyers' record isn't very good for the preseason, and they haven't – they look good. They look like they belong, but I don't think a little time, especially with Farabee, in the AHL would kill them. I know we're excited to see them on the team, but I think they could use a little – I'm not saying a season. Definitely not saying a season, but I think they could use a, a little bit of time, at least a month. And that could benefit them greatly. Um, I do like what I've seen for sure, but I I'm not I'm not one of those people who are really quick to say they belong. They need to be on this team right now. Wouldn't be against it, but 
if they do make it, I do think that they're going to make mistakes and it could cost us. I know that's that's growing pains, but you know, I I don't that's why I don't think it's crazy to see them in the AHL. However, if you ask me, do I want to see one if not both of them on the Flyers roster? I'm going to say, yeah, I want to see both of them absolutely. Like, come on, the best way to learn is to get your dip your toe in the water, a cup of coffee, fuck, jump all the way in. Um so they're definitely pluses. I'll say that for sure. Carter Hart stopped every shot he's seen. Not much to say there. Uh, we'll go into his counterpart a little bit later, but a lot rides on Hart. This team's going to be a playoff team. It's going to be a lot of what Hart has to say about it. Uh, another plus for me, I talked about the PK, but the coaching. And really, I want to say Vigneault. I just like his demeanor. I like. I actually like that he spent that one game in the press box uh, different angle, which is underrated. Also, picking the assistant GM and the GM's brain on are they seeing the same things as he's seeing? And a lot of ways you can take that as, oh, did they agree with me or what? I, I like getting other perspectives and not molding or or changing my old, my own rather. Uh, but it's it's just it's a good idea. It's 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 almost like with analytics. I don't live by those numbers, but it's nice having another tool to assist you in whatever you're doing and getting as many perspectives as possible. If he was like a new GM, I wouldn't be so keen on it, but dude's been around. He was with the Wild. The team may not have won anything, but they were competitive for quite some time. So I don't know. It's just different. It's something Hacksaw would never do. You know, I, I don't know what the hell he did. But Vigneault's won a president, two President's Trophies, two Stanley Cup births, and a Jack Adams Award. So he just is professionalism. And his line about Elliot the other night, which I saw translated on Twitter, you can't win with goaltending like that. It's shit, I believe is what he said exactly. And it's true. I mean, we'll get into Elliot later. But uh, I do like what I've seen out of Vigneault. He's just... A professional. I like his quotes. He doesn't take any shit. Um, Coots and Giroux have looked pretty good. I've liked Coots better, but Giroux only played two games and he had three assists, so you can't argue that. Um, Coots had only Coots only had one assist. He only played one, two games rather. Uh, Lawton Lawton was pretty good. Three games, two assists. He he was out there with the kids when guys like Bunneman and Twinsky were playing. He was usually one of the assisters on that. And, uh, Definitely can't be against that. I think I think he's good. I think I'm glad we hung on to him. Uh, I prefer him as the fourth line center, but if he step in for the three for a little bit, uh, I emphasize a little bit. Not against that. Uh, TK after his whole fiasco is finally signed, and you know what? While we're on the subject, let's let's discuss six years, five point five million per. Um, a lot. Some people outside of Philly wanted to say this was an overpayment. And they're like been out of shape. Michael Ajello of Toronto, for sure, on the Hockey Buzz cast. And, you know, I couldn't help but get a little annoyed. It's like, yeah, it's an overpayment this season and maybe next. But for the next four years after that, two of which are unrestricted free agent years we locked him up for, uh, it's probably going to – I mean, I feel, I feel strong in saying this. It's going to be a good deal. It's going to – you know, it's like – I don't want to say Nashville or Roman Yossi, but that's what we're kind of trying for here. It's 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 going to get value later. If we can afford it now, what's it matter? So I hate that short-sightedness look. Like anybody can argue that point and say, well, I, I think it's an overpayment. Well, yeah, now. 
But if we can afford it, what's it matter if it's a deal in the future? And that's what it is. It's a deal in the future. That's why you sign those deals now. That's why you give them a little bit more. It's called a leap of faith. It's, it's what you do. You don't let them walk you know, after a great season and you need to sign them, Nylander, Mitch Marner, and then have to pay them out your nose. So it's a good deal. It's not as good as Provorov's deal, but it's a good deal and it will be a better deal in the future, even though we bite the bullet just a little bit, not even, not even that much, just a little bit now. So to hear him and even Russ Cohen, who's been around the team a little bit, it just, it just annoys me. It's just like stick to your team. Stick to your team. I won't, I won't shit on your team. Don't try to analyze mine when you don't know all that's going on. You know, this is sometimes TK's what's made Lakes last year. He's a little engine that could that made this team go. So am I going to pay him 5.5? Which, yeah, eight years ago, that was a big contract. Not so much anymore. It's really not. It's, not a, it's really not a big deal. So I will take that. You know, look, Braden Point signed three years, which brings him right to free agency. So he's going to get like $12 million after that, either with Tampa or another team. People think it's a, it's a good deal. Uh, yeah, it's a good deal for three years, but after that, they're going to get boned. So they're hoping they can shed salary so they can sign him. He pretty much got the Provorov contract, except for instead of six years, it's three. Uh, and he made a million, almost $2 million more than Konechny. Konechny got six years. So in five years, Konechny, four years even, if we're lucky, three, this deal is going to look like a real good deal. By the way, he's also a f- playing on our first line. Could he play on other lines to produce? He hasn't shown that yet, but how better the team has gotten, maybe he can. I mean, he be playing against lesser talent, but and he doesn't play on the power play, really. Maybe the second unit a little bit. But to say this is, oh, he's overpaid. Give me a break. Pay attention. And that's just it. They're not paying attention to the Flyers because they're fans of other team. Russ Cohen's a Rangers fan. Michael Agello is a Toronto Maple Leafs fan. So while in theory they're not wrong, they're also not seeing the full picture. They're being short-sighted. And that annoys me because they're wrong. At least I'll, we'll see that they're wrong. So TK, let's go. But I have full confidence in that. Uh, also a little bit of the meh. Uh, JVR barely made this list for me because he actually wasn't that bad. Uh, he is what he is, you know. He had a few posts himself, uh, and he played four games. He still had two goals and assists and three points, but he just didn't stand out. I felt like he was just parked in front of the net. Uh, he didn't really drive play or anything like that, so he was what I expected. And I, I should probably should put him in the good category, but I really didn't have any specific criteria for all this, so... I think that's okay. He raffles raffle. He had a good start. I don't really remember seeing him play too much. Uh, he only played. Yeah, see, he only played two games. He had a goal. I think he had one of the first goals of preseason, basically. Um, <laughs> Justin Braun. Uh, I know Kyle's huge fan. Uh, said he was relentless on a few shifts. I mean. <sighs> If all he does is defense and nothing else, I'd hope that's where he would shine. I I mean, I'd hope that's where he would do what he does. And he I do remember seeing him straight up saving a goal wide open in front. He hit whoever's stick because Elliott wasn't there fast enough. 
whatever. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, yeah, that's what I expect. Do I pay a second and a third for that? No. <laughs> but that being said, we do need a we do need a veteran defenseman like that. Uh, I just hope he's like that more often than not. Uh, so far, yes, I like what I see. Uh, unfortunately, I think his ceiling's very low. Um, so I'll, I guess I'll take what I can get. Uh, Niskanen, um, I've been on and off with him. There, his goal looked really nice, but before that, his defense looked lazy at times. But as the preseason's gone on, he's looked a lot better. He, he, one, I remember one shift, he was everywhere. Uh, if I had to grade his preseason, I'd give him a B plus. Where after watching, I believe it was the third game of the preseason, I would have said a C minus. Yeah, that's with a goal. Uh, but he definitely picked it up, and I'm a little more confident now. I'm glad. I'm glad. I liked that trade originally, so he's one I was invested in. Uh, very happy with that. Uh, I put him in the man category simply because that one game left an impression on me. He scored, but everything else was trash. It was the first game against Boston. Um, Ghost has looked like Ghost uh, for being an offensive defenseman. He's played three games and given you zero goals, zero assists. Uh, but then again, I don't think he's been terrible defensively either, so I'll, I guess I'll give him that. Proveroff, two games, one assist. Okay. I mean, he's supposed to be your top defenseman. I'd hope for a little bit more, but he would have. He was good, but he needs to not be on the power play, any power play. That needs to be Sandheim's role because as much as we love Proveroff, he hasn't proven that he deserves to be on that power play. He just – that second unit still sucks, so – well, it, I just uh, – he's meh right now uh, considering he got the raise. I, I need to see more out of him. But then it's preseason, so I'm trying not to be too harsh. But you can only go with what you've seen. You have a very small sample size, and this is what I see right now. And I like what I see, but considering he's supposed to be our top dog, I would like to see a little bit more, honestly. Uh, Sanheim, again, for building off of last year – he was great. Three games, no stats. Um, I'm not worried about Sanheim, so he's on my man list because he hasn't really done much, but he hasn't done anything wrong either. Nothing mind-boggling. Um, Lindblom, another guy who uh, played – he only played two games, had an assist, so that's not too bad. Uh, he's he's rattled off some shots. He's made some plays. If he had just gotten one goal for me, he probably would have been on my good list. So, again, preseason, not going to kill him. It's not over yet either. Uh, I'm not worried about him at all. He play on the second or third line. It wouldn't bother me. Uh, we'll see what they end up doing. I had heard that that Hayes, Lindblom, Voracek line was pretty dominant. Uh, I, would be, I wouldn't be against seeing that. Or Actually, to be honest, it may have been JVR, Hayes, and Lindblom. But I can't see them putting Jake on the third parent, third line, so let's be real. Uh, Hag has looked like, honestly, he, outside of very few mistakes, I think he's been solid. I think he's could legit push for a six-line role. Or, I'm sorry, third pairing role, six defenseman. I think he's better off as a seventh, obviously. Uh, I'll get into more into him because Felipe Myers, who we were all uh, – Really hang it on. He also supposed to be have a little more offense to his game. Three games played, zero goals, zero assists, zero points. And we don't go by plus minus, but he's a minus three. And I goal. He's got caught two of those goals. He had a big against. He had a lot to do with uh, game against. I want to say the first game against Boston or the Ranger. Maybe yeah, against Boston. Got caught looking. Second game against Boston. 
uh, maybe it's just Boston. He's just snake bitten. But you know, he uh, the one what play was it? It was like a two on one play. He, he was late getting back or made a mistake getting back. Like, you know, he, he he's made some mistakes this off season. Let's be real. We all seen it. He's looked good at times. He looked strong on the puck, but he's been games where he he's looked not look good at all. I don't think it's if the team were to come out tomorrow and say Hags are seven, Myers is our Hags are six, Myers is our seven. Yeah, the Twitter would would burn down, but to a certain degree, I would get it. I wouldn't do it. I still think Myers is your guy going forward, and you want him to play in the NHL and and make your decision from there, but. It wouldn't be all that crazy if you ask me. Um, and then the bad list. I put Jake on here because what you're paying him, what your expectations of him are, he already looks like he's in midseason form. One great play followed by two bad plays. Two great plays followed by two bad plays and one meh play. Getting pickpocketed, not being able to protect a puck like I thought he would or more so, it's the bad blind passes. I even saw him doing it in his own zone across the front of the net. Like, come on, that's that's hockey one on one shit. I don't I don't know what gets into him, but he'll look like Superman one shift, and he'll look like Lois Lane the next, and it just blows my mind. Like, I don't I don't get it. I don't want to have to pay a guy eight and a quarter for the next four years to have him. Figure it all out with five minutes left in the third period, and if you're lucky to make it at overtime, maybe he plays then too. People like to say, "Oh, look at his points." Well, if he scores seventy five points, you should just subtract fifteen to twenty, because that's what he gives up in mistakes. And you can say that about a lot of players, but with Voracek, it's especially important because it's just true. And this is why a lot of people call for his head because we're tired of seeing it. He's not McDonald. He's not that bad. I still like the guy, but I'm just hoping that when the season actually rolls around, he cleans up some of that shit. And the fact that he's getting a little testy with the media and fans, uh, at least he was last year. We'll see how he is this year. That don't help the situation. So hoping he uh, shakes off the rust and is uh, a little bit smarter with his decision-making and uses some more of his teammates and tries not to earn his contract all in one shift because he either turns out in two ways, he kills himself and maybe gets a point, and the rest of the game he's dead and dog shit. Or he tries to do too much and gets pickpocketed and looks stupid and then gets frustrated and then takes it out on the fans and the media. But I don't think he's that bad of a guy, so we'll see. I'll give him the I'll give him the benefit of the doubt for now. But for every great play, there's a bad play. I, I just it is what it is. Uh, the team's chemistry and record has not been good, but a lot of that is a new system, new coach. I'm not going to kill them for that. We already talked about Nolan Patrick. Let's talk about Brian Elliott. He's been absolute dog shit this preseason. He has not played one game. He has looked rusty. He's looked shaky. He's looked old. And he's even looked a little bit lazy. He is slow going from pipe to pipe, which he never was the fastest, but it's been more noticeable. How that goal against Boston game two snuck through him, I'll never understand. Then they're complaining with the ref. Who cares? Why'd that shit get through you? What are you doing? What are you seeing? What are you looking at? There's a two-on-one pass comes across. He couldn't be more out of his crease. I get taking the shot. 
But Jesus Christ, give it a chance to like maybe sprawl out and make the other save. Look at Halak for Boston. He's their back out back up. He absolutely robbed Morgan Frost. Absolutely robbed him in a preseason game. Elliot can't even be given the effort. You heard what Vigneault had to say. It's you can't win with goaltending like that. It's shit. You can't. And if this team's gonna make the preseason and those backup goaltending games, like I, I was okay with this signing at first. No, oh, he's gonna get hurt. He's gonna, he might get hurt, but he's your backup. He's not your starter. It's more it's more understandable. Yeah, I prefer a better backup, but Fletcher spent a little too much money on certain players and certain things and certain contracts that he acquired via trade and also buyouts. So it didn't seem all that bad to me, but just watching him play, it's like he's not even hurt. He's healthy. And he looks like complete shit. You can't have that. Take a sip here. No, that that game two against Boston. He before I would say he looks a little rusty, looks shaky. Game two, that Boston game, he looked terrible. He played the whole game too. downright terrible. You know, and you, you just can't have that. And I'm I'm a little annoyed because I was one of those people who'd say he played pretty well. When he was, he did. He was he, Winter Classic, all that. He was looking good again. He was healthy. He was looking like old Elliot, but off to a bad start. So I, I don't. I know we want to see Hart play as many games as possible, but I think there's something to be said of having a one A one B situation. And I don't want. I don't expect if Hart's a stud that our one B be pretty close to him in talent. Can't, nobody can afford that, but I do want a guy who can play a decent amount of games. I mean, if you look at the two Stanley Cup contenders last year, the finalists rather, Jordan Binnington didn't play half the year, so and he looked phenomenal in the playoffs. He was fresh. Rask had his injuries and issues. Halak picked up the slack. He looked great in the playoffs too, Rask I, I'm talking about, because he was fresh. I think there's something to that. I don't know if it's new or been going on or however you want to think of it. It's definitely something to be considered. We're not doing that this year. There's no way. Uh, but I do think it's something to be considered. Maybe a prospect like Ustaminko or Arison or um, Sandstrom could be that guy. That'd be great. But Elliot's definitely not the answer, at least not now. So <laughs> another guy I want to talk about from preseason, Chris Stewart. This guy used to be pretty good. I believe he was a former first-round pick. He's been all over. Um, last year, he played in Europe, I believe. I heard he didn't really take it seriously, blah, blah, blah. If this guy makes a team over some of the young kids we got, even as a 13th forward, I'm aggravated already. Uh, if you want to go with a more veteran guy who doesn't play in your press box, I can like, kind of understand that. You want your kids to play. You want you don't want a guy like Ob Cabell or Rubsoff making the Flyers just to sit in the press box and not play. That makes sense. So maybe Stewart's that guy. But I thought that's what Gabriel was for. I thought that's what Andrioff was for. I didn't really talk about either of those guys. Uh, either they both got hurt or I know one of them got hurt. I can't remember. I think it was Gabriel. I don't know. Neither one of them stood out in a significant way. Um, but I'd rather have one of them than Chris, Chris Stewart who takes really stupid penalties. He's fighting to keep himself relevant. He did have a goal, I believe. Let's, let's, let's give him his due here. He had, no, he did not. He had two assists. Did play all four games, though. He had plenty of ice time. Fletcher's really doing him a solid. But you notice that no other team reached out and gave him a contract yet. Yeah, other teams do that. There's been a time where players have been playing 
for the, the Flyers. Was it Bill Gerwin or somebody else? I cannot remember. But they left the game mid-preseason game because another team offered them an NHL contract or any kind of contract where that hasn't happened yet for Stewart. I think we see why. If this guy makes the team in any capacity outside of 13-4, even then, they're going to be aggravated. I'm not impressed with him at all. I don't want him on the team. He's not contingent to our process going forward. He's You're doing him a favor. Let's remember that's what we did it. So... Flyers trimmed four, uh, four spots or left, excuse me. Flyers cut seven guys today. For Urbiev, we talked about good moments and consistent. Uh, Rupstoff, great first two games. It really trailed off after that. No stats. Um, Mark Friedman, eh, he looked like an NHL guy, to be honest. He didn't really look like he belonged. Andrew and Gabriel are 13th forwards at best. Uh, Bygrass, the defenseman, um, Got some offensive upside. He only had an assist, but here I think he only played two games. Let me see here. My grass. He played. Oh my god! He only no, that's not right. He played one game, had a goal and an assist. I don't think that's right. I'm sorry, fellas. That uh, that shocked me right there because I really don't think he had those good stats. Look him up real quick. Former 2013 second round pick. Uh, oh my god, yeah, that can't be. In his career, he's only played 46 games. He's had a goal, three assists for four points. He is a defenseman. Um, doesn't give me preseason stats or whatever. Uh, he's a defenseman anyway. He's easily not a bad guy to call up. Um, but he should not make the team in any capacity. So he was, I mean, he made it this far. That's not too bad. Um, he was cut. All Cabell seems to be the big one. And we already went into this. Um, if he wasn't, in my opinion, outplayed by Torwinski, this doesn't happen. Butterman's more of a center. And I think the third line role, third right line winger role, is Frost and Farabee's, and you're not picking Alb Cabell over those two. I think that's why he was sent down. The only thing I would say is during the season, oh, he can make his way back up. The thing that makes me nervous is they're willing to send him down knowing that he could be claimed by another team and quite frankly should be. We'll see if that happens. Hopefully not. Um, It's a shame. I like what he's brought to the table, but this was his year to really stand out. And it looks like he tried, but I I do th- I think Torinsky outplayed him. I really do. So I hope he goes to the Phantoms, does his thing, injury, he's the first one called up. That's how I feel. I think he, he should be the first one called up, unless it's a center, which maybe you – I want Rubstoff over Vorobiev, definitely. But uh, we'll, we'll see what happens with him. It's a shame. I know some people are more upset than I am, obviously. Uh, but it's not the worst thing in the world, unfortunately. Uh couple of other things. They talked to Fletcher. I mentioned the Nolan Patrick thing. Morgan Frost injury. His day-to-day. Do have a lot of flexibility. Could could bump uh, Connor Butterman into the lineup, even if it's short-term. Hopefully not. The odd thing is he was asked about 23 versus or 22 roster, um, total roster for the NHL. 
Uh, he said that they could carry as little as 20 or 21. I don't see how that's feasible. We'll really know after their trip to Chicago because you got to take an extra couple of guys in case there's injury. Goalie, you're not going to – what are you going to do? Go into this checklist of hockey and stand, grab an emergency goaltender. It's just what they do. But if they only go with as little as 20 guys, starting 12 on offense, six on defense, two goalies, like you're not having any backups – Besides a backup goalie, that seems a little silly. You're just going to have a short bench. Nobody does that. Um, they're going to have at least one, I honestly think two, backup, uh, one forward, one defenseman. But we'll see how the cap is. I don't think they're in that series of a cap strains where they need to do that. But I don't know. I don't really know what Fletcher was getting at there. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Maybe he's trying to light a fire under his own players to play better because no spots guaranteed or maybe they're doing the math in their head process of elimination oh i've made the team maybe they're thinking oh shit he might not carry us all we might be riding the pine or on the phantoms anyway so let's uh let's keep playing so that's the only thing that makes any real sense to me pit lake skating 75 percent i think he's doubtful he plays in the czech republic no point in taking him on the trip if he's at it you know injured injured excuse me uh could be around for that first game back against the Devils. We'll see. Uh, Vigneault had an interesting comment about the depth, depth chart battles. There's still battle for 6, 7, and 8. So if we break this down, you know, Proveroff, Niskanen, Braun, Sanheim, and Ghost, they're on the team. That's five guys right there. The three men out, supposedly, Myers, Hag, and Moran. So say those three are fighting for a 6, 7, and 8. I can't say that Samuel Moran has really stuck out. Three games, no stats. You know, Myers, I told you how bad he had played, but he was also had the heads up going in. It was his job to lose. Hag, he's looked kind of solid, like, to be honest with you. He really hasn't made any... He, I, I, If you ask me, did he play better than Myers? I'd say overall, yeah. Were there Myers moments? Yeah, Myers looked better in certain moments, but... Hag, I don't. I hope it should be Myers, and I hope Myers picks up these next two games. But Hag's made a case in simply just not being not making dumb mistakes, two of which cost your team in the end. So it should be Myers. Hag is definitely your seven. Moran's your eight. If they're sending somebody down, it's probably Moran. Um, so we'll see. I, I don't really know what he was getting at there. And, you know, you got Bygrass and Rolinski in the pipeline as well. Um, so that, that's been your preseason so far. Uh, I'm, uh, if I break it down player-wise, I like what I've seen from the kids. I'm meh on some of the um, veterans. And I hope the team comes to bet a little bit more because – their game, the first game against Boston was one of the worst preseason games I've ever seen considering who was playing for Boston and who was playing for the Flyers. But you hope that's just new system, new players. You hope that's all that is. And fingers crossed it is. Um, let's get into a little uh, NHL news before we sign off here. One thing right off the bat I want to say is uh, Maple Leafs released Michael Norworth from his PTO. <laughs> who saw that coming? He was injured. What a shock, right? Well... They still got Dave Haxall up there, so I'm sure they'll be just fine. Of all assets, quote-unquote, to take from Philly, you take Neuberth and Dave Haxall. I thought that team knew better, but 
Shocker, one's already gone. Uh, we talked about Braden Point's contract. We talked about TK's contract. I guess the big news today was Carolina trades Justin Falk in a fifth in 2020 to the Bru- to the Blues for Emerson, who, uh, what was he, like a fifth defenseman for them? I mean, from what I read, he's pretty much just above a pylon, so nothing special, really. Defensive defenseman in a ways. Seventh round pick, which, again, is pretty much nothing. But the main the main piece is uh, Bach, uh, 2018 first round pick. We'll see. He's a still a prospect. At least he got a first round pick out of the guy, uh, out of the team. Uh, a lot of people said this was a fair trade. I like this for the Blues, who's a team who just won the cup, and I'm sure they're still going to want to go for it. And you consider he signed for I, – when I heard seven years, I said, how old's Falk? How are they going to check? He's only like 27 years old. He's the three-time All-Star already, and it's only $6.5 million per. He's more offensive, so you got, what, one more year of Bowmeister, then he becomes the next Bowmeister? It's not – I like this for the Blues, to be honest with you. If you ask me to pick which I like this for, considering where the Blues are, I really like this for the Blues. That really stabilizes their defense for sure. Um it's hard to argue with it. A lot of people thought it was too long. He's 20, he'll be 34 by the time this is up. In like three years, four years, 6.5 isn't going to be all that bad. It already isn't all that bad, to be quite honest with you. It's a million and a half more than what McDonald was making. Like, <laughs> come on. And he was an absolute travesty. So, Justin Foster, he's a decent player, man. He didn't have the best year last year. But that team still went to the Eastern Conference Finals. And he, he was a big part of that, whether you want to believe it or not. So, yeah, that's that's what's going on. That's what, I, that's what the Flyers High and Wide podcast is viewing right now. Uh, again, let's give a uh, best wishes to Jimmy. Uh, we'll all be back next Tuesday. We want to uh, thank uh, Dan Silver for uh, agreeing to reschedule with us. We'll have him on. I know he was... Uh, not big on Aub Cabell being sent down. I really want to talk to him about that. We'll get into that when we can. Uh, remember, we'll see what's going on with a, a little bit of a schedule change for us here. But Dan Silver, Jason Martinez will be coming on the show, so please look out for that. Uh, HW underscore radio. I believe there's two underscores. If you ask Kyle, that's a whole thing. Find us on Twitter. I am Jack underscore HW radio. Look forward to speaking to you guys again next week. I look forward to speaking with the boys. And preseason, I'm pretty sure, be pretty close to over, if not completely over at that point. Uh, first game is Friday at Czech Republic, 2 p.m. Shit, not this Friday, next Friday. Uh, and then the day after that, yours truly gets married. So uh, give me some congrats if you don't if you don't mind. That'd be great. But the main thing is here, let's get our boy Jim back up and healthy. Flyers preseason individually is looking pretty good. Team-wise, we'll see. Definitely issues all around. Really curious to see what Vigneault and Fletcher end up doing with the final roster spots. And I hope some kids make this team. But the main thing on my mind is, Nolan Patrick, stop being a bitch, dude. It's It's time to come to work. It's time to play. See you next week, guys.